Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Creative Control with Beesh Comic. On this episode of Creative Control, a spirited conversation between myself and Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington. They are the hosts of the popular film criticism web series on cinema at the cinema. Well, technically, Tim is the host. Greg is the guest expert, but they seem to mostly be doing the show together, so they, they're kind of like co-hosts. And uh, Tim is also the star of the hit action web series, Decker, and Greg appears in that a little bit as well. So the new season of On Cinema has just started. It's season six. You can learn more about it at Adult Swim, and uh, you can look at episodes on YouTube as well. And I figured it would be a nice time to catch up with them because it's Oscar season. Uh, The Academy Awards are coming up. These two know their stuff when it comes to films. So this is is it. This is myself and Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington. Enjoy, and we'll see you at the movies. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Selma, Wild, Just Eat It, Still Alice, and more. Spend Oscar night at the E-Bar, where they'll be screening the 2015 Academy Awards broadcast starting at 7 p.m. And on February 25th, Governor General's Award winner Michael Harris is at Lakeside Hope House to read from and discuss his new book, The End of Absence. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, more information about their hours, listings, blogs, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca.
Tim Heidecker is the host of the highly esteemed film criticism web series On Cinema at the Cinema and the star of the action show Decker, both of which air on Adult Swim. After a dramatic exit at the end of season five and missing the first episode of season six recently, Heidecker has left Jackson Hole, Wyoming and is back in Hollywood at the helm of On Cinema at the Cinema, providing excellent insight about what we should all see at the movies right now. Here to discuss this further and hopefully even give us a sense of how this year's Oscar race is shaping up, uh, accompanied, I believe, by his frequent on-cinema guest expert, Greg Turkington. Uh, This is the great uh, Tim Heidecker. Uh, Hello, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Now, is Greg there? No, he said uh, you'd be calling in. He's running late. I guess he's coming from a movie. Oh, right. Of course. Of course. Uh, Okay. He'll be joining us soon. Okay. Well, I I think it's a good opportunity... Uh, while we don't have him on the line, just to uh, clarify the reason I came back and not have him interrupt us and sort of give this um, revisionist version of on cinema history. Um, you know, as you guys, some of you guys probably know, um, I entrusted him with the franchise, with the brand, um, and left to go on and pursue other things. And I trusted that he would handle that appropriately. Um, and he didn't. He kind of threw the whole franchise under the bus with his debut 601 episode that you can watch on YouTube, and it was a complete train wreck, and he had the whole on-cinema family completely, um, you know, their spirits were broken over this, and um, I had to give up everything I had had built in Jackson Hole, and I gave up my life and some of the relationships that I was just beginning to start and returned to Los Angeles and reclaimed my throne. Uh, as the host of On Cinema, and um, that's where we're at today. Now, I, I happen to agree with you. I, th- I thought the first episode that Greg hosted was, in fact, a train wreck. I, I mean, I used that exact phrase in a, in a review I wrote. Um, at the same time, in my review, I kind of suggested perhaps it might be a bit too early to judge him just based on one episode. Did you give that any thought, like maybe we should just see how this plays out, or did you, you obviously wanted to jump in right away? Yeah, there was an initial discussion I had with Greg about me coming on board from a behind-the-scenes perspective and sort of just directing and advising him, sort of being a consigliere in terms of from the old mafia movies like Godfather 1 and 2. Um, the Tom Hayden? You're sense, talking about the Tom Hayden character? Yeah, uh, the pop, the puppet master and the guy sort of pulling all the strings. But when I got to L.A., I saw the studio and I saw the lights and the cameras. I thought, aha, this is my opportunity to claim back what is rightfully mine. Um, and I just sort of instinctively went to the host chair and never looked back. Now, you say, you've used this phrase a few times, rightfully mine. Do you feel like your role as the host of On Cinema is sort of preordained or something? Well, look at the facts. I mean, I started the show several years ago. It was my show. Greg Turkington was merely a guest. Um, I've had other guests on the show. You don't see them coming and claiming the host chair. Um, and he's a, uh, you know, he, he's a, a little, um, I hate to use the word rat, but sort of a rodenty kind of um, squirmy kind of, try, always trying to usurp, always trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finagle is the word I'd use, and sort of get more credit where credit's not due. And the truth is, I don't. If I had my choice, I'd have somebody else in that chair. But I don't have a lot of options. Um, and he's put me in that position. 
Um, so I'm I'm left with the cards I've been dealt, and I play them fairly. I, I'm a bit confused by this. Why don't you have more options? You, you're right in the seat of movie dumb. Uh, you're in Los Angeles. Couldn't you have anyone on the show besides him? I've tried. I've you know it's been a big a long. I don't know why. It's just a lot of times I think people in the business. It's interesting. I think people that are in the business don't want to be critical of the business. So you almost have to come from an outsider's perspective to give real honest reviews about movies. Mm -hmm. So when I go to some of the famous people I might know or some people that are movie directors and producers and stuff, they say, of course I think X, Y, and Z is a bad movie or a good movie, but I'm not going on the record. I'm not going public with that. So it's very difficult to get real experts, uh, real people from the business to do it. Um, and I've got so many other things going on in my life personal things um, and business prospects that I don't have time to go and do a casting call and try to find every film editor, film critic out there and get them on the show. So I, it's just, maybe it is laziness on my part, but for now I'm stuck with Greg and you know, there's an obvious, he does know his stuff when it comes to movies. He is an expert. That's and true. I do value that. That, that, that That's true for yeah. sure. Now I, I have to say I'm a little confused because at the end of last season, you really seem sick of movies and actors, and now you're talking about how you know you, you kind of explain what compelled you to come back. But can we go back to the end of uh, season five? What was going on with you at the time that made you so sick of what you were doing? Well, I had gotten some terrible news that I was a father, and um, and right. that was a, that was just really put me off. I'm sorry. And, uh, sorry. Hey guys. I'm sorry, Tim. I, I just I feel like we're being interrupted here. Hello. Hey guys, how are you doing? Oh, Greg, is that you? Hey, Greg. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm a little late. We um we started. I I I go to this uh, movie program they have at the library on Thursdays at 10 a.m. mostly for seniors and stuff like that. But it starts at 10 normally, and they started at 10:30 because there was a problem uh, with the tape. So um you know it was I just I couldn't get out of there in time. I had to see how the movie ended. I, I, I suppose. What movie did they screen? It was a lot of fun. It was high high anxiety. Mel Brooks. Nice choice. That's a good choice. I'm so I'm I, I suppose that's fine that you were late. We were just uh, going through uh, the the recent history of the show, Greg. So Tim was just catching us up on why he came back and uh, and his thoughts about you and and the show. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's nice. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't see eye to eye with Tim on all these. Nobody issues, asked you a question, but, uh, bringing you up to speed on where we're at in the conversation, and I was actually right. when you interrupted. Right, Tim. Is it possible for you to? I didn't. I, yeah, sorry. Greg. I didn't interrupt. I I called in. No, you, know, you did interrupt. You, you called in right when we were in the middle. Of, I was in the mid sentence, and uh, you interrupted. So it's okay. well, you should have waited. You should have waited until I got until I called in to answer any questions because As I you may be giving guy, a slanted point hey, of view. I explained to the guy on the phone here, I don't have time to do this all day. So Yeah, Tim, my, gonna, name, gonna, my name's, my name's Vish, by the way. Gonna, yeah, I, Tim doesn't seem Vish. like, yeah, it's Vish. My name's Vish. It, uh, sorry, Greg, Tim doesn't seem to have a lot of time. So we had to keep, we had to move on without you there. Sorry about that. Well, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have have a lot of time because he, left a bunch of dirty dishes last night and, 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 and they're still there and, and I don't know what he's so busy doing. It doesn't seem like he's got anything going on. Okay. Anybody's... 
so I guess um, development on development on Decker two is just going to continue. But uh, who's going to be doing that? Ghosts. I, I think he might have you there, Greg. Uh, anyway, we hadn't got to Decker yet. I was just asking Tim about what happened at the end of season five and the kind of mental state he was in because he left the show declaring that he hated movies and actors and he left the show. No, I never said I hated movies. I never said I hated movies. There's a, there's a, so you do. a, priority, list that, there's a priority list that should exist in all of us and movies should not be anywhere near the top of that list. Movies are fun and they're Neither should motorcycles. Motorcycles shouldn't be at the top of it either. I agree. I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that at all. Um, but and I admit it. I admit when I'm wrong, and when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And you know, at the end of that season, I'd gone through a terrible me- medical problems and bad medical advice, and I found out that I was a father. Which unfortunately, I had pre- I had arranged for there to be a procedure done, in which case I wouldn't have been a father had that procedure been. If you know what I mean, I'm not going to use the word. But and turns out she didn't take my advice on that. I don't know what she did with the money I sent her, but the truth is I am a father, and at that point in my life was not the news I needed to hear. So I, I unfortunately did not behave appropriately. I, uh, I was in a dark spot, and I am not in that spot anymore. I'm very healthy and happy right now and recommitted to my role as the father, the king of On Cinema, the host Sorry, of On Cinema, and the executive producer, director, and star of Decker, one of the most successful franchises in web history. It's going to go down as a revolutionary show that changed the game on the Internet and on cinema now is better and bigger than it's ever been before because people are finally starting to get that this is the show you got to watch before you go to the movie theaters. All right. And that's that's because of the hard work that I've done to build it up as a place where you can be sure that the information you get is accurate, that we have movie trivia that is uh, coming straight from an expert and that type of thing. Certainly the show would have been built up years ago if if we didn't have all these distractions with this baby and the motorcycles and all this other stuff that you're still talking about now during this interview. I'm only talking about it because it was a question directed to be by this interviewer. You understand that? I'm not coming on here to announce all my problems. It's the last thing I want to do. Well, I appreciate that. That's do you have a- any questions about the show or the movies coming up or the process of how we decide what we, you know, questions that aren't mired in the history and sort of this, uh, the past that I'm trying to get over anyway? Yeah, let's let's actually, since Greg has just joined us, why don't we move on and ask Greg a couple of quick questions and then we'll come back to you, Tim, all right? So, Greg, uh, I know okay, you... I'll, I'll get off the line then because I'm not going to listen to his answers. Well, Tim, geez, well, I, I really wish you'd stay on. I just wanted to get both your, you, you know, insight from both of you. That's why I wanted you both on the phone. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to hang up if Fred starts going into what we should have done, what could have, would have bullshit. I'm not going to get into that stuff. Totally fair, and I'm sure Greg will be equally diplomatic. That's fine. Now, Greg, you seem to really relish your role as host in the season six premiere. Uh, how would you describe the experience for the, the for the debut? Because I feel like there were some mixed reviews. Uh, well, the reviews were pretty solid. The reviews were very solid. They weren't mixed. Um, if you mean by mixed, there were men that liked it, there were women that liked it, there were people of all ages, all races that, that thought we were on the right track because over the past few years, the past few seasons, the show kind of 
uh, was like a train that went off the rail and, and stopped focusing on movies, Excuse me, which Greg, is what can the I show is supposed you, to be about. Greg. Hello, Greg. Yes. I not understand the conversation we had last week in which we both agreed that we're not going to go back and do Monday morning quarterbacking on what could have, should have, would have been. Oh, no, I'm and not. I agree that, that we're going to bury the hatchet with that and we're going to move forward. In the yes, that's, direction. that's what I'm doing. That's exactly what I was saying is, is that, uh, uh, you know, the, the show's better than ever. I mean, last week's episode was still the highest rated show in the history of On Cinema, but I feel like we might surpass that later on in this season. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can surpass the quality of the first show now that W.C. Fields has, has been uh, uh, relieved of duty. But we're going to try as hard as we can. Tim's got some ideas, and uh, we'll just let those ideas play out and see where the show goes. Right. On as long as we keep focus on movies, we can't go wrong. On the last episode, uh, episode two of season six, one of your new segments was seems to have been canceled on the spot. Tim decided it shouldn't continue. What What is the status of your on-cinema segments generally uh, right now, Greg? Oh, I've got tons of them filmed, prepared, produced, ready to air. And so it's just going to, uh, we're just going to have to look at the scheduling and, and how long we have in each episode to drop these segments in, whether it's on cinema, on location, popcorn classics. I'd love to revisit golden age comedies sometime this season. If, if Tim will, will let us, um, nope. because that was the most popular segment that we've I had. Very, I was very Tim's mailbag. Tim's mailbag yeah. was always a popular segment. We've got a lot of these things lined up. T- Tim, what is it? What is your fundamental issue with some of Greg's segments? Because you don't seem to enjoy. I them. have no issues with his. I have no issues with his segments. I mean, there there are times when I feel like he doesn't pose on weight. When last season he he did an entire uh, every every on cinema on location was a, some other part of Oh God, a movie that nobody which is a cares great about. movie. It's a fine movie, care about it. Not, That's why there were doing two one sequels. segment on that makes a little sense. It's not the greatest, but to do every segment on different different filming locations of Oh God, nobody people wants people are to do interested. That, you know? now, I'm, now, I, I get hard. I, I get letters listen, every day for people who want we're more. Doing it again. No, we're no. Going back and gentlemen, please, we're doing, gentlemen. We're doing it again. We're retreading over old old arguments, and it's it's a waste of my time. It's a waste of your listeners' time. No, I, um, I, I think, it, I, I apologize. I, I didn't mean to stir up any trouble here. I think, uh, Greg, I think Tim may have a point here. It did seem strange that you were so focused on uh, the film Oh God in terms of your location segment. Have you considered maybe trying something else in the next installment, maybe maybe uh, sets from Oh God, You Devil? Uh, because that would be... Well, I mean... The- the fact is, Oh God is one of the most popular movie comedies of all time. And, you know, it, it's a movie that people ask about. It's a movie that people want to see. It's a movie mm. that's frequently rented and borrowed from libraries and things like that. So, you know, no movie takes place in only one location other than uh, my dinner with Andre and some of these types of art types of films. Every movie has several locations. And so to delve into it, you do need to show the different locations. Now, I had uh, five more of these Oh God segments lined up and and they're never going to see the light of day now because of tim's rageaholism do you have some person- okay, so now you've diagnosed with my you have you've diagnosed me yeah yeah okay this, i just want to know what your qualifications are to diagnose me with this made-up term rageaholism whatever it is but tell you well, what you know what greg we're gonna have a conversation tonight at our house and we're gonna go over exactly how we're gonna handle ourselves 
in the future when it comes to doing press like this. Okay? And I'm going to have to write you a script so that you don't fuck up and say the wrong thing and embarrass me and embarrass yourself. You're going to read from the script as I tell you to. All right, listen, I, I want to get into some uh, some actual news about Decker and, you know, the Oscars are coming up. I know that people want to hear your opinions about that, but I do want to delve into some stuff that's uh, come about on, on, on cinema. For instance, Greg, at the end of last season, we learned that uh, Ayaka and her baby were staying with you at your place. What's the latest news on that situation? Um, the latest news you, you is, want, is that they, they back in Japan, they, they, they went back to Japan. the family. I think when they realized that Tim was a deadbeat dad, they went back hey, to Japan. All right, goodbye. Tim, goodbye. please don't don't hang up. Is he still there? Tim, are you still there? Greg, are you still there? I'm still here. I mean, I just, you know, again, these are questions really that don't have much to do with movies. I mean, maybe one day they'll make a movie about, uh, you know, Tim and Ayaka, but that's not a movie that I think would be very popular. I, I appreciate um, what you're saying, but you have to understand that for those of us who watch the show, we're trying to get our, our, you know, our insights about modern film, but these things just keep leaking into the show, and they can't help but be distractions. I, I agree with you that it's problematic for the program, but, I mean, at the end of episode two, we seem to get the impression that Tim was staying with you. He needed to buy... A new mattress? Is that Yeah. Well, he got in from Jackson Hole and he had no place to go. And I don't, I mean, this is, again, information that I would hope uh, doesn't end up on the program. But, you know, he he lost a lot of money in a bad uh, deal in in Jackson Hole buying this this bad property that had no uh, running water, no no way to get water to this property. He bought all this acreage and kind of wasted a lot of his money. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got this small business loan that, that he's, he's, uh, collecting on to start this publishing business. I'm not sure what's going on there, but for the time being, you know, I said he, he was welcome to crash at my place. Um, uh, you know, because that seemed to be what he wanted to do. I, it's, it's, it's a temporary situation. Clearly. I can't imagine you two trying to coexist in a home, let alone the TV show. I mean, it feels like. There's a lot of tension between you two. I mean, again, it makes for very compelling uh, television. It makes for very compelling film criticism to have that, you know, adversarial nature to your relationship. But well, it is it is good for the film criticism. I mean, it's always nice when you have differing opinions, and that's what has made the show so popular. Is that we don't always see eye to eye on these things, you right. know. And yeah. there's nothing that tickles me more is when a new movie comes out and we sit down to talk about it, and I realize wow, you know, I, I really didn't like this, and Tim really did, and, and let's, let's discuss why, you know. That's what makes the, gives the show some fireworks. And the sad thing is, is that, you know, because of the nature of these types of shows, you only have so many minutes uh, to discuss anything. So if you've got four minutes set aside for each movie, and, and then Tim takes up six or seven minutes, uh, you know, talking about his, uh, you know, his swollen foot or uh, his acupuncture or any of these other outside topics, his motorcycle accident, any of this stuff, uh, you know, you start seeing the minutes to actually discuss the movies dwindle and you can't give incisive criticism in one sentence. You need the time to really get into what makes a movie great. And so that's always been my complaint. And I thought we fixed that problem 
uh, on the premiere episode, as you may have seen, it was all about the movies. We didn't spend a second on anything else, and that's why we were able to give more in-depth reviews of Jupiter Ascending and of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Uh, those reviews were much more in-depth than the show has traditionally done, and that's why I was receiving all these cards and letters from people saying, uh, this show's on the right track, and, and we really like what you're doing here. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I sh share that sentiment t uh, there, uh, Greg, because I I found the first episode to be very bizarre. I mean, if people haven't seen it yet, and I urge you to do so on YouTube or go to Adult Swim, because i got to say, I almost found it disturbing. Your your guest expert uh, uh, there, uh, uh, Greg, was, was you. It was you. Hello? Oh, Tim, are you well, back? Well, that was a cute... T Tim, yeah, I apologize. Hello. Hi, Tim. You're back. Hello. Yeah, I I, uh, I was able to call back in. All right. Well, we're we're pleased to have you. I was just asking uh, Greg about the first episode of uh, the season six there, where he his guest expert was himself, but pre-taped. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, I that's not that exactly true. The, the the point was this: is that it's hard to provide expertise and also host a show. It's wearing too many hats, you know. Well, I'm not show. hosting the and show. Now I'm focusing show. on the expertise. But we thought it would be sort of an interesting thing. I could have just gone out and, and been the host and tried to give expertise too, but we felt that that would be distracting for the viewer. And the best way to do it was to divide it into two uh, two different people, the host in the hosting chair and the expert in the expert chair. Yeah. You know, And and that was the what best way to probably that? do that. On Tuesday, Tuesday after, let me take everybody back a minute. Tuesday afternoon, after about uh, 48, uh, about 24, 28 hours uh, with Greg talking about how to save the show, because frankly, by Sunday of last week, in my opinion, the show was on life support. Well, that was just your opinion. We were in, the show, we were the ratings price, were through the roof. The ratings we, were higher than we, they've ever been. Finally agree, what did we finally agree on? Tuesday afternoon, you looked me in the eye and you said, I am sorry, I made a mistake, I was wrong. What and I said was, I think you are you would be great as the host again. I'm happy if you insist. I'm happy to just focus on the expertise as long as you will agree that we will focus the show on movies and movies only. As long as and we can agree on that, I'm happy to slide over to the expert that, chair. Then, as per our agreement, I said, you need to say the following words. I am sorry. I was wrong. And that's what you said. And that's the end of the conversation. You were wrong. Well, I, I wasn't wrong when you I when I said we need to focus Bond on films. We need to focus on James Bond, on Star Wars, on Star Bond Trek, and all these. Did into thinking that there was going to be an expert on the show? But in fact, it was a very poorly taped version of yourself. That was misallocated. I, all right, misallocated I was. I, I did say I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong in that I didn't use a new videotape. So it was. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Very glitchy. They don't make videotapes anymore. You have to use old videotapes. Unfortunately, that tape had some problems, and so we didn't have the seamless transition between uh, host oh, we and didn't guest. Part, we, did not parse about, we did not parse what specific aspects of your debut as a host were wrong. The, the understanding that I had in our conversation was that you were uh, admitting that, that the show itself um, and your choices, the choices you made holistically for that episode were wrong and that you were sorry for that. That was my no, understanding. No, all I said was that I thought that you were a better host, and I stand by that. I think you're a great, great host, and it's really what made the show so popular. But I do feel that the show was better when it was just me because then it was strictly about movies. So I reached a compromise where you come back as host, but we've refocused the show strictly on movies. That way everyone wins. You get to host, which is what you want. And I get to talk about movies in greater depth, which is what the audience wants. There does seem to be a lot of confusion about Tim's re-involvement with the show. Like I'm looking Greg at your Twitter feed from just prior to the second episode airing. (laughs) And it says here, Tim is helping out with some ideas and sound issues. I learned a lot last week, and I'm ready to make a flawless episode two. It seems that, Greg, you thought you were going to be hosting episode two almost right up to the last minute. What happened that Tim Tim ended up back on the air? Well, a few minutes before we're supposed to shoot, you know, he's giving all this advice a few minutes before we're supposed to shoot. He just, you know, sits down and, and, and says this is what we're doing. So... I mean, I was a little surprised. I, I can't say that I was completely surprised because I know how he is. But, um, you know, the, the contract that we had for this season was for me to be doing the, the 10 episodes my way and with my guests, you know. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to concede that, that Tim makes a great host and that this isn't the worst situation ever if... It, by letting him come back as host, even though I'm the one that's supposed to be hosting, by letting him come back, if he can focus on the movies, then I think this is the best case scenario for everyone. You know, you you allude to a contract there. Is there is this becoming a, a legal issue between you two? Or? No, I mean it. No, no, it's, there's, it's a, not. there's one contract. It's a contract that I have with the Uncinema family, and they are loyal to me and understand that I am the host and it's a more of a covenant if anything it's a it's a sacred contract a sacred trust that they have and know that I'm going to steer the onset of family in the right direction and um, of course but I am not perfect I make mistakes one of the mistakes I made was leaving the show in the hands of, of, of somebody that was clearly incompetent and not up to the task now well, I, I, I'm, up, I'm up to the task of providing the expertise, and that's what I've yes, and done that's what you'll always. Be doing. That's what you'll be doing now. All right. I know, and that's fine with me, as long as we can keep this outside junk Greg, out of the show and not Greg bring in acupuncturists to, uh, like Dr. San and all these people I know, to get in the way of the movies. kind of contract, there's, abs- there's no legal contract. The only contract, like I said earlier, is between me and the Onsen family and the contract that I have with Turner, which allows us to, which funds the show 
But I have a contract with, the creator with, with Mark who plays WC Field. I have a yeah, contract with Mark. Yeah, you made a contract with Mark that's everything to do with you and Mark and nothing to do with me and on cinema. So because you were part of with your buddies. If Mark feels that he's that you're he's in breach of contract with you, then he has every right to pursue that legally. You understand me? But it's got nothing to do with me and it's got nothing to do with on cinema or Turner or anybody that has anything to do with on cinema. All right, I, except you know, for you. All right, ge- all right, gentlemen, I think we should we're running out of time here and we have a lot more ground yeah, to Yeah, I really do have to run. Oh, now. Okay, let's uh, uh, Tim, what's the latest news with your show Decker? Everyone's excited about Decker 2? Decker 2 is in the works. We are um scripting right now, casting, going through that process. I'm going to be uh getting I'm going to Hawaii tomorrow to do some initial scouting and uh, secure some uh, camera equipment and crew and all that kind of stuff. Um, we've got the first few episodes um, sort of boarded out, and um, I'm, I'm just so excited. i got a great some great ideas, and um, we're moving forward with it. Okay, that's excellent. And, Greg, what can you... I'm very excited about that. Yeah, Greg, I know... I think Decker I... is fantastic. And, and can you tell us more about the development of your character, Kingston? What's happening with Kingston? Well, well you're you know, there Kingston, yet. You have no, you have no right to speak on that issue at the moment, Greg. Um, you know, at this point, he has, <laughs> he hasn't worked himself in yet. I don't know how that would work. Well, it works very easily. Now. He's Decker's right hand man. He's Decker's right hand no, man. Cracking codes. Decker, hold on. Decker doesn't have a right hand man. He flies solo. Uh, he doesn't need help. Uh, well, he needed help to crack the code for that briefcase. If if Kingston hadn't cracked the code, uh, you would have had a massive explosion in Central Park, you know? Well, so at I, this point, I there's no codes. Pretty- there are no codes. There's no combinations or anything like that yet. Okay? That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm not okay. going to divulge anymore. It gives too much away. It ruins everything for the audience if they know everything that's going to happen. Uh, but no, no, I, don't, I don't foresee Greg being a part of Decker 2 is all I'm saying right now. Now, Tim, I mean, well, are you not staying with Greg right now? Uh, temporarily at the moment, yes, until uh, I secure other, uh, uh, you know, get a... I'm, I'm not. I'm a little picky when it comes to uh, living spaces, and uh, I'm not just going to jump into some, uh, you know, year-long lease at the moment. Greg's kind enough to, to let me uh, crash at his place, and hopefully just for the next couple of days or maybe a week. Right, so isn't it awkward that you're staying, and it's like he's doing you a courtesy of staying letting you stay at his home, and yet he clearly wants to be a part of Decker 2, and you seem very resistant about bringing his character back. I'm not, you know what? That, uh, that's because I have, I have strength of character, and I have, uh, I have a, you know, a commitment to the work that goes beyond friendships and it goes beyond sort of niceties. You know, some of the greatest filmmakers... Uh, we're not necessarily the nicest guys, and they made—they're dictators, really, um, and uh, they're our tour. But, and, uh, but you when know, you have a movie have, like, uh, a, but you take a movie like American Graffiti, which is one of the all-time classics, George Lucas, Ron Howard, the whole gang, and when you go see the sequel, more American Graffiti, there's no more Ron Howard, there's no more George Lucas, and you have this movie that's very unsatisfying because people love these. Where's Richard Dreyfuss? Where is he? He's gone, and that's the. The, what happens if you think about getting rid of Kingston? Yeah, well, if you two, is you have people like this is my favorite character. This guy really saw, saved the day by cracking those codes. 
why did you get rid of this character? You know, and you shouldn't if get I rid of Rich, a beloved character. Dreyfus, let me tell you something, Greg. If I had Richard Dreyfus in season one of Decker, he'd be in season two of Decker. I'd make that work because of the quality of the performance. Oh, um, okay. It just seems like it's getting kind of insulting now. I mean, Greg, the other side of this is, and I, I'm not trying to start anything more between you, but some people wonder, like, what is your limit to how much you're going to take? Because externally it seems like you are, you know, a victim of abuse on some level here. No, I mean, we're just trying to make the best movie show that we can, and there's different personalities in any any great uh, uh, TV show or movie or anything like that. You know, you hear about battles between Steven Spielberg and uh, D. Wallace Stone during the making of E.T., you know, and, and, and you get these epic battles, but as long as the end results, which are on the screen, are great, then that's fine. Really, airing dirty laundry like this is not something we should be doing. I'd rather that if we had half an hour to talk to you, that Tim would give his 10 favorite popcorn movies and I'd give my five favorite Bond performances and this type of thing, because that's really what people want to hear from us. Yeah. I, you know, I, Thank th you. I, I think you're right. And I think we should shift over to totally agree. something that everyone's talking about. The Academy Awards are coming up on February 22nd. And so I was hoping we could take a look at some of the major categories and get your predictions. Yeah. Are you, are you too willing to do well, I I've got the inside scoop. I have some friends at the Academy who are giving me information, which is not made public yet, but I can pretty much tell you exactly what's going to happen uh, on Oscar night and, and kind of give it to you as an exclusive. Okay, great. And I can guarantee that, that what I say will come to pass because I, I do have my inside sources. As you know, as, over the years, being a movie expert, you do build up. Uh, these friendships with folks in the industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, well, this is excellent. Yeah, Greg, please, uh, please go forth. I'd, I'd love to hear this. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump off because I've heard Greg talk about this before. Well, I have no prediction. Who knows who's going to win? But Tim, I appreciate talking to you. But Tim, and I wish everybody that nominated all the best. Tim, you don't have a all choice right? for best picture or best director or anything. Tim, you, you just want to leave. I mean, you're a movie expert. Um, no, I, I, he's I'm a not hoe. Up on that kind of stuff. I'm not, I, I don't get hung up on awards. All right, well, listen. If, if I got hung up on awards, I'd be asking the question, why haven't I received every award there ever was? But are you, are and you, we should do, actually, uh, we're going to do our Armed Cinema Oscar special this year live. Okay. And it's a better show than the Oscars. It's a more entertaining show. And we're going to introduce something called the On Cinema Movie Awards, which recognizes um, things that get overlooked, including my performance. We'll see if that's up for awards and Decker and that kind of thing. So um, as far as the Academy Awards go, the Oscars, um, I think if you focus on that too much, you lose perspective on uh, on what's really important in life. That's, and uh, I wish okay. everybody, of course, I wish them all the best. But I'll let Greg talk about his um, crazy predictions, conspiracy theories, and all that stuff. But uh, I'm going to sign off. So, all right, well, um, it's not conspiracy that. theories. These are just Oscar picks from someone okay, who knows you, who gets it right. Sorry, Tim. Not a conspiracy. But Tim, just but before you go, can you tell us what's next on On Cinema? Um, more movies. Okay, you're still... a lot of movies coming out. I'm excited to talk about um, all the great movies that, that Hollywood keeps churning out. We're loving them. Oh, okay. That's Take care. Okay. okay. Uh, thanks, Tim. Uh, sorry. Sorry about that, Greg. I just wanted to catch Tim before he finally left there at the end. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know what, I, you know, he's very erratic, but... Um, 
you know, the thing with the Oscars is, and this is this is very interesting this year. Uh, you know, the past few years they've had ten nominations for Best Picture, and that's the way it's been. And this year they only had eight, and a lot of people were scratching their heads and saying, "Well, that's that's odd," because there were actually hundreds of great movies released in 2014, not just eight. Right. And I would think the bigger problem would be narrowing it down to just ten. You know. I foresee a day when they have 20 films nominated for Best Picture because 2014 was one of the best years in cinema history in terms of the quality. So to have only eight nominations, uh, I think, has a lot of people scratching their heads. But that's part of Oscar's plan. The idea is this. There actually are 10 nominations for Best Picture. They revealed eight of them already and they're saving the last two to reveal on the Friday before the Oscars air. Really? And that's when they will announce the final two nominations for Best Picture. Yes, because what they wanted to do is create some controversy. The ratings for the Oscar TV special have been steadily declining in recent years. And they wanted to create some controversy. When they announced those eight movies, the most common topic at the water cooler at work for anybody uh, was why wasn't The Hobbit? one of these movies nominated for Best Picture. Why wasn't Annie nominated for Best Picture? Uh These were the two most popular and most critically acclaimed movies of 2014. Neither one nominated for Best Picture. Oscars lost their mind. You heard about it on uh, radio talk shows, the conversations amongst friends. Everyone's like, I can't believe they didn't nominate Annie and The Hobbit. This is nuts. Well, that's kind of what Oscar had in mind, was to get you talking about it. On Friday, before the show, they're going to announce those final two nominations, Annie and The Hobbit. That will invigorate the the Oscar viewing audience and people that were like, I'm not going to watch it this year. They didn't nominate The Hobbit. They didn't nominate Annie. Now those people are going to watch it, and and they're going to get a whole second wave of publicity when they announce those last two movies. I can guarantee you right now that The Hobbit not only will be announced as as uh, a nomination, but The Hobbit will actually win this year because they have the votes. Uh, in my informal survey of Academy voters, I'm finding that The Hobbit will win with actually over 50% of the vote. It's 10 movies. The Hobbit's going to come in somewhere between 53 and 57%. This doesn't... Uh, and the other movies, it's, it's spread out, you know, 5% to Birdman, 6% to this. 12% to Annie, that type of thing. I have to say, Greg, this seems very unlikely given the fact... I just did a Metacritic search on The Hobbit and Annie. Uh, do you know what Metacritic mm-hmm. is? It's the. It's, do, you, do you understand what that's? No. Okay, Metacritic basically is a it's, it's a... it's a site that averages reviews. That's the easiest way to explain it. Uh-huh. So it takes every sure. major criti- critic who's voiced an opinion about a film... And uh, it, you know, it just does a kind of survey of uh, how a film is doing. Am I, are, 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 are Tim and I on there? I believe so. I believe you might be included. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at every critic. Uh, However, Annie received a 33% average rating out of 100. Well, I mean, and The Hobbit hovering around 58%. These are not critically acclaimed films, yeah. Greg, is my point. Well, I mean, you go to that website, and those are the numbers you get, but I don't know who runs that website. If Hobbit and Annie are made by Paramount Pictures, and it's it's Universal that created this website mm-hmm. to push their own movies, no, no. of course they're going to find the reviews that, that uh, favor their movies over uh, Annie and the Hobbit. You know, that's just how the business works, unfortunately. It's not—once you get money involved— 
things change. You can't always trust what you what you see. It could be coming straight from a publicist's mouth. Mm-hmm. That's why On Cinema is such a great show because we cut through all that and give you uh, straight from the hip movie expertise and opinions and that's why people love the show it's it's the real thing well we're out of time so i think we have to agree to disagree here greg just i just want to point out though that this is a fairly accurate survey of what critics are saying metacritic is i've never even heard of it it's quite renowned i mean it's not there's no funny business going on they just take every rating numerically they apply a numerical value they add them all together to divide them up by the number of reviews, and then they get an average. And so currently, uh-huh. Annie has a 33% critics rating and a 4.9% user score. And I have to say that these numbers are not moving before Oscar time. This film has been out a well, I, couple I months. I mean, those numbers are, are, are not correct. And also, I never said Annie was going to win Best Picture. Right. I think it's great, but right. It's, you're, you're right. It's not, it's not up to the level of quality of the hobbit but it is a great picture and i think it deserves to win some awards you know um and probably uh, from what i understand from my sources annie and uh, uh, boyhood are kind of neck and neck for second place in, in the oscar voting but it doesn't really matter because they don't give a second place they give a first place and the hobbit is overwhelmingly the, the favorite and also it's not critics that vote on the the oscars it's it's movie people, it's directors, it's screenwriters, right. producers, and that sort of thing. And if you talk to them, they, they all, they're so excited about Annie and about The Hobbit as two of the best movies of the year. I also think that that website, you know, it, it's unscientific how they get that information. You know, you can pick and choose. You could say, well, let's find a few bad reviews of Annie and let's, let's only feature those. And, you know, then you end up with 33%. But that's not really how the real world works. I don't want to necessarily promote the site, but I think it's on the up and up. That's all I'll say. I don't think it's, there's any Well, I've never heard of it. And I've, okay. been, all right. I've been doing this for a long time, and, and I've never heard of it. So, well, I mean, it doesn't seem reputable to me. Okay. Who am I to question? I know all the, I know all yeah. the websites. I know all the critics. I mean... You know, I've been doing this for quite a while. If I haven't heard of it, it probably either doesn't exist or it's not reputable. What about IMDb, Greg? Of course I know IMDb, yeah. And and that's a great site, a great resource for finding out, you know, names of if you want to know who the, the, the gaffer was on a certain movie and you don't remember it from when you saw the movie. You know, sometimes you need to refresh your memory and look something like that up. Okay, so if they provided a rating or an average would you go by what imdb has to say i wouldn't necessarily go by it because anybody can submit to that if you get somebody from uh you know uh, what is this movie uh birdman somebody from birdman hires 50 people to sit in a in a building somewhere in the in the midwest and have every one of them just over and over again log in with a fake name and give a bad review to annie you know, and you have programs like that that take place. They pay these people minimum wage to sit there and create fake accounts and give one out of ten to Annie over and over and over again. In the meantime, Birdman suddenly they're they're going on and doing the same thing, giving Birdman ten out of ten. You know, okay. and these people make a living doing this and 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 stuffing the ballot box. I'm I'm afraid that uh, it's it's true that this is how a lot of these things work. So I think IMDb is a great resource for information, but I think any time you allow 
uh, someone to have an open ballot box, you just can't really trust the results. All right, I'm just, and I'm, I think if you've seen Annie, you, you've seen it, right? I mean, you, it, that is that is a new American classic, and there's no denying that. And that's why it broke box office records, and that's why it is one of the nominees for Best Picture. I, I have to admit, I've not seen Annie. I will say that on IMDb, eleven thousand, almost eleven thousand users chimed in on it, and it received a five out of ten rating. And I know what you were saying earlier; you don't necessarily think these are legitimate results i'm just putting that out there for you of 11 well that's an awful lot of people voting because you look at some of the classic movies and there's only a few hundred people that voted so the fact that there's that many people voting i think backs up my my theory that this was uh you know a boiler room of, of people paid to badmouth annie probably paid for by the the birdman people or one of these other movies uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. american sniper American Sniper could be doing this. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. This is all top secret stuff. That's, again, why on cinema is such an important resource is that, uh, you know, this stuff has not uh, been tampered with by some studio out to make a buck. This is true film criticism and expert opinions. All right. Well, this is why I'm a fan of the show, and I, I want to thank you for being on the program. Greg, I would thank Tim, but I believe he's long gone, so that's... Uh, Unfortunate. Uh, I, I did ask Tim. Oh, this. I'm sorry about that. He, he he got the hell beaten out of him in Jackson Hole before he came back. That's one of the main reasons he came back was not just to uh, make un, unneeded and unwanted changes to what was already a great show, but uh, you know he he fell in with the wrong crowd. Some of these bikers and uh, you know they, they they beat him up pretty bad. And and he's I, I think he could have taken a couple of blows to the head. I don't know. He's just, I think it's post-traumatic stress disorder almost from his experience there. And so I apologize for, for him being a little erratic. Well, that's, um, that's fine. I think his heart's yeah. in the right place. I think he wants the show to be great. And, you know, he, he wants to pretend that I, I bended and caved and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, I saw that uh, he was going to, he was going to push through a takeover no matter what the audience wanted, no matter what I wanted. And the only way to really uh, deal with this was to reach some sort of compromise. And I felt that a compromise where he gets to, to host again, but we focus on movies instead of drama, uh, I felt that was a good compromise. And I, I hope the viewers agree. So he kind of gave a generic response when I asked him what was coming up on episode three and beyond of uh, the current season of On Cinema. Do you have any insights there? Well, I, I have insight in that every week we've got a couple of movies to go watch and to review. And beyond that, I mean, you know, that's what the show is. It's like every week, you know, there's going to be more movies out and we're going to review them. Now, I've produced some outside segments that I'm going to be bringing in um, and, uh, you know, that type of thing. Uh, I don't foresee this season having a lot of, uh, you know, Ayaka and Dr. San and, oh, okay. and some of these some of these people that uh, have really sunk it in the past. I foresee this season as being the season where all we do is talk about movies and, and hopefully uh, further along, you know, we can add a third movie per episode and and review three movies and expand the popcorn classics, you know, so that, that we have two or three popcorn classics per episode. I mean, you realize if you cut out all of Tim's uh, melodramas, uh, think how much more movie criticism we could have had on past episodes absolutely and i think that's where it's going to go this season you know absolutely. wouldn't you rather have another popcorn classic than 
you know, watching Dr. Sam, uh, you know, put needles into Tim's arm. I mean, we could have talked about another great movie. I totally agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's uh, what the On Cinema family is really clamoring for. So uh, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Greg. I want to tell people that for more information and to, and to watch every episode of On Cinema thus far and going forward, they can go to adultswim.com slash videos slash on dash cinema or they can look up on cinema on youtube and uh greg turkington it was a tremendous pleasure to get to speak with you and you know just for what it's worth we all have your back well i'm glad to hear that and i I think the true film buffs feel that way there's folks who uh i think get off on on weird melodramas that shouldn't be on the show and, you know, those are the kind of people that, uh, you know, like to pull over uh, when they see an accident by the side of the road and, and, you know, rubberneck and look at the, you know, somebody dying on the side of the road. I mean, that's the kind of people you're talking about there. Yeah. Uh, people that uh, are more interested in movies than in nonsense, that makes up the big bulk of our fan base. And that's what has made the show so successful and will continue to make it successful in the future. Well, I'm proud to call myself a fan. Greg, it, uh, absolutely a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, and best of luck moving forward. Thank you so much. I will talk to you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K control with a k 933 at gmail.com you can also follow our twitter at vish creative v-i-s-h-k-r-e-a-t-i-v-e and you can also like our facebook page a version of this show airs on cfru in guelph every wednesday at noon eastern and you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the kw region at 93.3 fm in guelph you can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.